Well, if you love your athletics, you would have been in heaven last night. What a fantastic night it was at Lakeside Stadium. The Mori Plant meet, and so many of you turned up uh, in droves for a night of athletics with uh, none other, as I said earlier, than Bruce McAvaney calling the action. Olympic finalist Stewie McSwain was the winner of an incredible John Landy mile. Now, Jake Whiteman, as you're about to hear, come up alongside him down the straight, only for our man to kick again and get the win. McSwain leads by a metre to Whiteman, a metre away to Myers. Could Cam Myers come off the back of both of them? 120 to go in the John Landy. Whiteman goes up to McSwain's shoulder. Myers still with a bit of a chance here. McSwain and Whiteman. Whiteman's taken the lead. Myers late. McSwain kicks back. Whiteman, Stewie. McSwain's going to win. McSwain wins. It's very fast. Whiteman second and Myers third. And Myers has come oh so close to the fastest time ever run by a 17-year-old anywhere, anytime. Stewie's done it. The King of King Island. And the King of King Island is with us the morning after. Stuart, good morning and congrats. Morning. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, it was a pretty cool night um, in Melbourne last night. Obviously, that big crowds at Athletics is, um, yeah, pretty cool thing to see. Now, tell me, when Jake pulled up alongside you with, what do you reckon, 50 metres to run, what what was going through your mind, Stu? Uh, yeah, I just had to find something. I think, um, obviously, um, as the calibre athlete he is, I kind of knew he was going to be tough to beat down the straight, but I knew, yeah, with the home crowd, I was just hoping I could find something. And luckily enough, I was able to find a bit with, yeah, as you mentioned, 50 minutes ago. Now, you can't have a foreigner rolling one of ours on home soil, can you? Exactly right. I think especially being a Brit, we, we never want to lose to them. So, yeah, we couldn't let them come come and take us down. So it was good to see, yeah, a win for the Aussies. Just tactically, you found yourself leading it out. I'm not sure if that was part of the plan or just what ensued, but was there a headwind as well down the straight? Yeah, it was a bit swirly. Um, obviously, it's on the lake down at Lakeside, so there was a bit of a swirly headwind coming into the top top bend. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I was leading a fair bit of the race, but I was able to find find a gear in that last, yeah, last 120 and then again at 50. So, yeah, I was happy enough to be able to control the race, but, yeah, as you mentioned, it was pretty... Pretty tight finish in the end. So as Bruce said, it was quick. Three minutes, 52. You happy happy with that? Yeah, for a season opener, very happy. Um, Obviously, it's a big year for us in athletics with, um, yeah, well, obviously a few months away from the Paris Olympics. So um, to kickstart the year with a 352 um, shows that base training's been going well and hopefully I can kind of, yeah, use it as momentum going forward. Now, just on that base training, were you up uh, part of the gang at Falls Creek? You were, weren't you? So I was. So I spent three weeks up at Falls Creek just, um, yeah, grinding out day in, day out, um, putting some good training together. So I knew I was in pretty good shape, but, yeah, I wanted to showcase that in a race, um, especially coming off the training camp. And we had Jen Gregson on the other day. I guess the benefits of going to Falls, I'm not – look, educators here, Stu, because it would strike – I'm not sure the altitude – I don't know how much benefit there is at, at, that, at that level, at Falls Creek level, or is it more just getting away, change of scene, and just that sole focus of, of one goal, one, you know, one project? Yeah, I think the attitude plays a little role. Obviously, it's only, I think it's slightly over 1,500, so it's not crazy high in terms of attitude. But, yeah, as you mentioned, I think it's just the, the structure, the focus that everything's going in on training. You don't have the distractions you have back home. You can just really lock in um, for a couple of weeks at a time. So I think it's, yeah, having a squad up there obviously helps as well. Um, and, yeah, kind of makes training the main priority. Um, and makes it a little bit easier day to day to get to make sure you're fitting it in. Now, just coming back to the race last night, Stu, and we heard it there in, in Bruce's call, but uh, the kid was threatening. Tell us a bit about Cam Myers, the, the teenager at, at 17 years of age who finished third. 
Yeah, obviously a massive talent. I think we've got so, so many great guys coming up at the moment. But, um, yeah, he's running amazing at the moment. We saw in Adelaide the first track classic. He got to win the 1500 there. So, um, yeah, I think when you're at that young age, it kind of helps a little bit that you're coming in with no pressure um, and you're just having a swing. But, yeah, he's an amazing athlete. But we've got others coming through as well. We had a few to showcase in the race last night. Who There was another 18-year-old who's running really well, Peyton Craig. So we've got a lot of juniors coming through as well. So it's exciting time for middle-distance running. Yeah. Tell us about that, actually, Stuart, because I know there's been a lot of hype around not just the middle-distance guys and girls, but our athletics team of a whole in an Olympic year. What sort of state and, and what's the health of athletics in this country at the moment, do you think? Yeah, I think it's an exciting time. Obviously, athletics is such a, a world sport. It's difficult to dominate in the world stage of the country. But I think in Australia, we're doing really well. Um, we showcased last year in the World Champs, especially our, our females uh, picking up most of our medals we, we achieved at the World Champs. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times for Australian athletics. Um, and we've, we've got a lot of medal contenders, especially in the, the women's field that um, could do really well um, when Paris comes around. So you're a finalist in the men's 1500, obviously, back at Tokyo. You've obviously been uh, at the World Championships and Commonwealth Games finalist, and there's many other things on your resume. Geez, where are you at? I mean, what are the ambitions? What are the dreams? I mean, it's it's uh, obviously an Olympic year, and I know we're six months out or whatever it might be, but um, do you start to visualise? What's the what's the mental state at this stage of things? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you've, you've got to go in thinking that there, if everything goes well, you have that one day in August goes well, that there's no reason you can't finish out on top. So, um, yeah, I'll be doing everything I can to try and make sure I'm right in the mix when Paris comes around. Um, but as you mentioned, we've still got a lot of months ahead. So it's trying to not, not get too far ahead of yourself, um, focusing on the day-to-day things and, yeah, trying to give yourself the best chance that um, when it does come around, you're ready to roll. And in an ideal world, when it gets to, to Paris um, and the two weeks of the Olympic Games, what what does your program look like? What are you, what are you prioritising? Yeah, so obviously the 1500 is the first event I want to hopefully qualify um, for and focus on that. But I think the timetable allows the double, so there's a possibility I could do the 5K as well um, at the end of the program. So it's kind of just a wait and see to see how I go over the 5K in a couple of the early European races and then kind of decide from there. So Moro plants in the rear vision mirror and from in, in our little corner of the world, we're excited about that. But where are you headed to next, Stuart? What, what does it look like for you in the in the coming weeks and months? So, yeah, pretty much just building, trying to get better every day. Um, yeah, and we'll obviously have the Olympic trial in uh, April in Adelaide um, and then the big focus will be start of May, the European season kicks off and then, um, the Diamond League circuit for athletics is um, where we'll get to race the guys that are going to be riding the pointy end of the Olympics. So that'll be a good, good test to see how, how we're tracking compared to our rivals overseas. So as far as the Olympics go, April's D-Day then in terms of qualification, is, is that right? So they, they have the, the, the qualifying, uh, the, like the trial meet, but I think qualifying stays open until the end of June. Yep. So um, I think the athletes have until the end of June to hit the Olympic standard mark. Yeah, right. So that's interesting. So that, that could mean that you're all racing on different programs in different countries and the like, trying to post various times. That's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Yeah, I think with Australia, we just obviously it's hard with the European season. We've got to have the trials so early compared to a lot of the other nations who have it right before the Olympics. So, um, yeah, I think people will be chasing qualifiers right into to the end of that um, qualifying window. Now, I'm not obviously he runs a totally. I mean, he runs on the road for heaven's sake, but or he did. And and look, I know it's a totally different discipline and almost a different sport in many ways. So I'm not sure how close the world athletics fraternity is, Stuart. But the death of Kelvin Kiptum, um, what did you think of that? I, that would have come as a massive shock to you, like it did everyone else in the world of athletics, and in fact, the sporting world more broadly. 
Yeah, obviously a huge shock. I think for me, I kind of double had to do a double take when I saw the the news headline. Um, Kelvin was obviously a, an absolute star on the rise. I think we sh- we've seen in his three marathons, we've never seen anyone like it over those first three. So um, his capabilities were kind of unknown still, um, and it was going to be exciting to follow his journey. So um, yeah, it was a hugely sad, sad loss for the athletics community, and obviously had a young family as well. So. Um, yeah, our thoughts definitely go out, go out to him and his family. Now, Stu, before we let you go, you've been around for a while. I think you're 28 years young at the moment. We're talking about the health of Australian athletics. What about the health of Australian athletics from a spectator and interest and fan point of view? You, you've been to a few of these now. What did you make of it last night? And, and, and is the appetite well and truly there from the general public? Yeah, I think so. I think it's good to finally have an athletics meet that we're kind of packing out crowds in Australia. Obviously, last year we had a we had a massive meet with um the fastest man in the world, Fred Curley, was down last year, so I think that helped. But the, the, this year and last year we've had massive crowds for the Murray Plant meet, so hopefully we can go even bigger next year. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting time for Australian athletics, and it's good to see the the part, general public getting getting down and supporting us as well. Because yeah, I think last night we saw there was quite ten world class events across all disciplines that were um yeah made it a pretty crazy viewer spectacle. Do you spin the legs a bit today, or do you put your feet up? I've actually already been out for a training run. I had a just easy fourteen k, so um, nothing too crazy. Just kind of building the fitness while not doing anything too hard. So it was um yeah a nice morning out, so it made it a bit easier. I'll ask you the cliche question before we sign off because people might be interested if they they're not aware at your absolute peak. So the the Falls Creek peak volume. How many hours, how many how many Ks a week would you have been putting in? Yeah, so I think I was just over 170 K. So pretty much running twice most days, a couple of gym sessions in there as well. So um, yeah, a fair bit of training. But yeah, the good thing about bowls is you, you don't have the other distractions. So it's kind of you just focusing on, on the training load. Love it. Well done last night, mate. Uh, some good signs for you in a, in a big year, of course. So we wish you well and, and appreciate you taking time out of your morning to, to join us. Uh, we, re- we really appreciate it. No, nah, thanks for having me on. There's Stewie McSwain there. Good fella. He's the king of King Islanders, uh, as Bruce calls him, and an Olympic finalist, world champion finalist as well. So this year, Paris 2024, priority the 1500, as you heard, and then the 5000, the Olympic program would allow for that. Uh, what about the fast men and women? Rowan Browning won the 200 with ease last night. Clean start this time. So Gout Gout got out pretty well. Azawa tries to get up to him. Laws had a big bend, and so is Browning and Despard inside of him. And Ayusa's run really well into the straight. Browning Law out wide. Azawa Gout Gout behind those. Browning's got away from Law. Rowan's going to put on a show here. Oh, this might be his event. He was really good tonight. Came away. Law Azawa behind him, and then a gap to the others. And if you're thinking that was just an excuse to play some more Bruce, you are correct. Uh, so Ryan Browning, you won the 100 as well, but easily in the 200. And Tori Lewis, unfortunately, uh, our fastest woman uh, over 100, uh, was rolled. So um, a second. So um, we'll keep an eye on Tori Lewis's career. That is for sure after that great meet in Canberra recently. Hey, Melbourne's weather today, partly cloudy. Top of 25, I reckon we'll just about take that. This summer, be prepared for extreme weather and sign up for the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify.